Listener supported. WNYC Studios. I think if you can pull off like being in a studio and reading reading something about the ad or telling a person telling a story that's really engaging, that's fine and that's great. That can work. But if you have if you can pull someone in or like other th- we were talking backstage like other things we do for a lot of food companies is we'll do like we'll do like taste tests. If you can just think creatively about like what like stunty things can mm-hmm. you do. Nazanin Rafsanjani leads the team at Gimlet Creative behind some of the more innovative ads in podcasting. You might have heard them where the host interviews someone at the company sponsoring the show or stunts that invite listeners to participate. In this episode, Nazanin speaks with KPCC's Josie Huang about how her team produces ads that satisfy clients and that don't make listeners skip 15 seconds forward. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and you're listening to The Work It Podcast, a selection of recordings from WNYC's Festival for Women in Audio. Hey, everybody. I think we're going to get started on um, this next session. So um, before we get started, I just want to introduce myself. I'm going to be moderating this panel. My name is Josie Huang. I'm a reporter at Southern California Public Radio, KPCC. Um, Hi, we're right here in LA. And we are um, so happy to be here at Work It. Uh, I um, cover mostly housing, uh, gentrification, and some immigration issues. Um, I've worked on developing a podcast, but mostly I am a podcast listener to uh, shows like yourself and shows also made by Gimlet, a network I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Uh, They are the creators of Homecoming, Heavyweight, Reply All, and uh, of course, there's also Startup, which we um, all were able to listen to and um, see Gimlet rise from being a startup to a uh, um, powerhouse um, uh, podcast network. And um, so I'm really excited to be talking today with somebody from Gimlet who is in charge of making those ads that you hear, those really unique sounding ads. And I uh, wanted to introduce Nazanin Rasfanjani who is the creative director for Gimlet. Let's give it up for Nazanin. Um, and today we're going to talk about what makes a good ad for a podcast and how you can satisfy your sponsors while also feeling good about what you're making and not feeling like you're losing your voice or your vision. So we're going to just kick things off right now and start off with a question for Nazanin about, um, yeah, if you could just tell us how you got into making ads because your background is very much steeped in journalism. Yeah, I um, started out really at WNYC. I worked for On The Media for many years and then I left that job and I worked in cable news uh, at The Rachel Maddow Show and then I decided to start making ads because that's really normal (laughs) progression, career progression. Um, But I, I just, I was excited about doing a, a new thing, and um, the business side of my editorial work had always been like this black box, and I just, I wanted to learn it, and so um, that's my background. So I came to Gimlet uh, two years ago. Do you feel like your journalism background prepared you to make better ads? Yes, absolutely. I think like, um, and I think we'll get into that, some of that here, but I feel like the strength of the whole team, the whole Gimlet creative team, um, is that a lot of us come from 
storytelling, and we use a lot of uh, those skills when we make ads. So um, it didn't prepare me for some of it, but it prepared me, I think, for some of the most important parts. So we have so much to get into. We are going to get back into um, just about storytelling, but for the sake of time and focus, we should say that um, this conversation is going to be focused on um, the process, the creative process behind making an ad, as opposed to the business process of securing a sponsor. So, um, you know, to kick off this conversation now, we're going to um, put up a, uh, an ingredient list that can help you build the secret sauce um, of having, uh, of making a really good podcast ad and um, making something that, you know, people really want to listen to as opposed to, you know, skipping through 15 seconds and 15 seconds and, then, oh, crap, I went too far, um, going backwards. <laughs> and, um, you know, I know Gimlet has a um, very intentional, like, highly edited way of storytelling. And can you tell us about how, again, the journalism comes in with the storytelling that that feeds into um, the ad making. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think for, for anyone here who makes their own podcast, I think the thing to know is that if you know how to make your show, you know how to make your ads. Like you can use the same kind of, um, approach to story. So we, we interview people a lot and we cut those interviews down and, and incorporate them into the ads. We really think of it as like, um, taking everything you know about how to tell a good story and like condensing it into these tiny little 45 second or one minute um, ad, ad spots that listeners are hearing on your shows. Um, and we think a lot about like having each ad have a like beginning, middle and end, um, leaving listeners with something memorable or funny or surprising. Um, really it's the same stuff that you're thinking about when you're doing a long form story. Mm -hmm. um, it's just shortened. So like a beginning kind of just introducing the, um, the product and yeah. then what's kind of like the body. Yeah. So I don't think there's not like there's, I don't think there's like a way that we structure every ad, but I think like the, the default, I guess would be the beginning is, um, this ad is brought to you by this advertiser that this advertiser is saying X message or selling this product. And then the middle of the ad is um, the 30 seconds or 40 seconds that you have to play with where you can feature like some funny conversation between the hosts or a piece of interview tape or something. Like that's kind of the meat of the ad. And then the end is um, tying it all back to the brand message or the goal of the client when they, um, when they came to you. And why have like kind of a structure? Is it so it's something that listeners can kind of experience or to know that, you know, they're gonna, there's like a, a good part here coming up? And yeah, I think, um, I think we just, it's, it's like, t we have a structure just the kind of the same way that you would when you're approaching like a long form podcast. You just want it to feel like a, a little, you want it to feel like a unit and you want it to feel like people are taking something away from it, you know, mm -hmm. or um, remembering something mm -hmm. about it. Or maybe it's, Maybe a company is coming to you and what they sell is super complicated. And so you, what you're doing is just like trying to be really clear and explaining like, what is this thing? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. You, you were just mentioning the, um, the different timing, uh, the lengths, the yeah. durations of the different ads. And you mentioned 45 seconds. We know there's, there's yeah. one minute long, more than two minutes. Yeah. Um, how do you decide... I guess you work it out with the, the sponsors. Like, there's some at the beginning that are really short and some are longer, but 
I mean, is there more negotiating in terms of like what you, is there a preference that you guys like? Yeah, we have um, we have ways that we do it, and other podcasts do it really differently. Like some some have like a five minute kind of ad at the end of the sh- at the end of a show. The way we do it at Gimlet is that we have a, a, a spot at the top of the show or near near the top um, that's a pre roll, and that's anywhere between like 20, 20 seconds to thirty seconds. Um, in the middle of each show, we sell two distinct ad units that are anywhere between like forty five seconds or a little over a minute. Um, and the end, we have these really short little post rolls. Um, and then beyond that, we do a bunch of other things. Like sometimes, I think we're going to play an ad where an advertiser bought the entire mid-roll segment. So that's it's, we made them a two-minute spot. We make five-minute shows all the way up to 30-minute uh, shows, which we don't consider ads. But, um, but I think the reason for those like discrete 45-second to one-minute um, spots in the middle of the show, why we try to keep them short, is that we know that like this is a break from what the listener is there mm-hmm. for, right? They're there for the show. And so um, we're trying to balance like how much time we want to take for the storytelling and the ad and the brand message with, with like getting back to the thing that mm-hmm. listeners are there to hear. It's almost something that listeners who, anybody who's watched a TV program is like, you know, there's a commercial break yeah. and then um, maybe, um, I mean, during an ad, maybe that's when I'll brush my teeth and it'll be okay if I don't hear all of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, for the minute and a half long yeah. um, ad. You, you mentioned there were folks, uh, not Gimlet, but some folks who will put the ads at the end. Yeah, what's the thinking behind that? I Why think, would anyone listen? Um, the the Adam think the I'm thinking of 99% Invisible, which I think for a while anyway, Roman Mars was um, kind of doing a longer ad segment, but just like way at the end of the show. I think they just at the time they they didn't they didn't like doing mid rolls. They didn't like interrupting the, the show. Oh, and I'm, I was yeah. um, surprised that a sponsor would be, you know, cool with that because yeah. why would anyone get, um, keep on listening? I know. I don't, those were like the, the, the wild old days of podcasting. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh-huh. I don't know if they still do their ads that way. I mean, <clears throat> I think like if, and I, I had, I remember listening to some of his ads and they were great. So I think like, you know, maybe they'd be okay with it because they feel like, um, people will stick around for it, you know, Maybe. just to hear Roman talking about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it sounds like the, the sponsors now, as, as podcasts have matured and the world, um, podcast world has broadened that the sponsors know more about what they want, too. They know what's out there. They, they, do they come to you guys saying, this is what we would like? We heard this, you guys doing it this way, or we heard this other company does it this way? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they come to us. Um, with some of them, you're still, you're still doing a lot of, like, education about what, what podcasting is. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of them come to us because they're fans of our Gimlet shows. And they, um, I think that's what really brings them in. But it's funny how many clients come to us having like heard like someone told them that podcasting was cool and so they'll just like email us and be like can we get in on the ground floor yeah yeah so okay say you do get a sponsor what do you do next I mean how can you make sure that um, the ad you create fits the tone of your um, of your uh, podcast because sometimes I mean Gimlet's very good about keeping the tone like consistent but there's definitely other podcasts where it's like the person uh the host switches off and becomes a different person like oh I, like reading in between this ad the, copy the, now uh-huh yeah. uh-huh um well i think um and i think this i don't know if this is coming up in the in the next slide but basically i think the way we think of it is like um when you're making an ad you're trying to balance these these three things and one of them is 
what the client is there for? Like, what does the client want when you're, um, why do they come to you? What message are they trying to get across? And then at Gimlet, we also really think about what the host wants, like what they're comfortable with, how they how their show is, like how they sound on their show. Can we take any of that and put that in the ad? Um, and then, and then the third thing is the listener. So you're like balancing these three, uh, sometimes competing things, sometimes competing goals. And when I say listener, like there are, there are moments where like, um, maybe a company comes to us and they sell some really complicated product mm-hmm. and it's like confusing. It's not easy to explain. Do you have an example? Um, do I have an example? I think like, because um, I hear a lot of betting ads and oh yeah, well like, yeah, you're like I know what a bet is. Um, I think like some an example that's coming to mind is like um, Eero, which I think does like it's they're, they're like a, a Wi-Fi service, and it's it's like a little bit confusing what they do, and sometimes it's like in the in service of the listener to just be straightforward and just be like this is what the product is instead of trying to do something funny or fun or interview mm. the, you know, do something like that. I think that's something we've learned over time is that like there are these, there's these three competing things. And when you're making an ad, you're, you're kind of dealing with all of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And when you do get a more complicated product like that to yeah. explain, do you need to have like the longer ad for that then? Can you do something complicated in 45 seconds? Yeah, we try not to. I mean, we try to decide and pick like what is, um, what is the most important information to get across in the time allotted? Because again, like we're thinking about how listeners are experiencing this and they maybe don't want to hear something for like that for like three minutes. Um, I think if you come from um, one of the producers on our, on our staff t- today was saying like, if you come from news production, it's in some weird ways, like if you come from daily live, like news spot production, in some ways it's, it's similar because you have like, mm. you have a, you have a very short amount of time, right? And it's like set and you can't, you can't change it. And right. so you have to like choose, be choosy and be, um, be an editor and try to figure out like what to get across in the time you have. That's interesting because I, I am in that world and yeah. I have to do minute long spots and we are trying to get it, you know, to, when you're trying to fit it in, it gets down to like crossing out words yeah. and phrases. Is that what you guys yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah. to just squeeze it all out. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know about you guys, but for me, examples are really helpful. And Nazanin's helped pick a, um, a couple of uh, ads that Gimlet's put out there. And um, I think we're going to start off with one from Reply All. And I know many of you guys are very familiar with this show already. But if you're not, it's this podcast that's hosted by PJ Voigt. And am I saying it right? PJ Vote. Vote. Yeah. Close. I, Vote. That was close. And Alex Goldman. And it's about the internet and also about how the internet uh, shapes That's us. That's logo. Us, how we yeah. shape the internet. What is, what is that? What's going on there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I can't and speak to that. Maybe something that uh, yeah. PJ and Alex know about. But um, we're going to you know, listen to an ad now. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear? Yeah. Um, I, I, I won't set up the ad too much except to say that uh, I picked it because, not because like it's the most like sound designed or heavily produced ad that we, we have, but um, it's an ad for Squarespace. Is there anyone in this room who doesn't know what Squarespace is? I just, <laughs> I just wanted to like have you studied by science if you're here and you don't know what Squarespace is. Um, it's an ad for Squarespace, which means that we have made approximately 
one million of these, right? <laughs> and and many people here have made them. Just Gimlet, yes. Yeah, and and so we have to think a lot um, creatively. Both the hosts, PJ and Alex, are so good at doing this, and and the person on our staff who produces these, her name is Frances Harlow, and um, they have to think about like how are you going to make a Squarespace ad interesting. So I will say that, and then I'll explain a little more um, after we hear it. It's it's one minute long. Okay, let's take a listen. This episode of Reply All is brought to you by Squarespace. With Squarespace's all-in-one platform, you can purchase a custom domain and create a beautiful website in minutes. Squarespace's award-winning templates and 24-7 customer support make it easy to launch your own blog, portfolio, or online store. Longtime listeners know that I have a website called Gopher Gripes, which is essentially a collection of the least relatable, most incredibly specific gripes that our listeners have sent to me. And uh, if they are very funny, I will read them to PJ. What is the weirdest gripe that we've gotten in this batch? All right, this is probably the weirdest one. Okay. The limes in my drink are too narrow to squeeze. I don't even, like, <laughs> can't even visualize that. <laughs> I feel like this is like somebody's AI is practicing and it's like submitting weird like grapes that humans might have. And then they're, they're figuring out whether they get through or not if the AI is working. <laughs> when you're ready to launch your next project, sign up for Squarespace and get 10% off with offer code REPLY. That's 10% off with offer code REPLY. Wow, that was a minute? That was about a minute. It might have been like 10 seconds longer. Um, but so that ad, the parts of that ad were that Alex Goldman, who um, is kind of like a lovable curmudgeon on the show and in real life, um, made this website using Squarespace where he solicited, these are just like some of the gripes that, that listeners sent in. He solicited listener complaints. He used to have his own Squarespace website for our ad series that were his own complaints. Um, and then he would pick one each week and read them to PJ. And, um, and so they read this gripe about thin limes and then they got this huge like backlash from listeners where, for making fun of it, like for not empathizing with the fact that like thin, thin limes are a real problem that people I can see face. That. That's a legitimate gripe. Yeah, so people like <laughs> tweeted at them, and um, like this is, I think this is like a tweet about the thin limes, and they and they went back in a subsequent Squarespace ad, and they apologized. And so um, this is great, right? Wow. This is like people engaging with the content of the ad. Um, you see something like this and you're happy because yeah, they are. Like, I mean, it's like tweeting about the ad. Yeah, they're tweeting about the ad and. Um, and it's it's kind of a serialized thing, right? Like we're they're building a site, and then we're soliciting listener interaction, and then we're like putting that in the ads, and then we're doing this kind of thing. So that's why I chose it because, like, with Squarespace, we really with a company like Squarespace, where we want to make great ads for them, but it's just you know we've made many of them. Yeah. Um, we try no, to that's be brilliant. I mean, did you guys already have this website, or did you create it with Squarespace? Alex Goldman created it. He, he was using able to do it by himself. Yeah, he used to be like he was. He used to be an IT guy before his oh, podcast okay. days. <laughs> I was gonna say that was really gonna sell it if anyone could do it. <laughs> it is it that is easy, that, and it's also okay, that you easy. don't have to be an IT yes, specialist. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so and I, I this is a, still an active website, from what I can tell. I think so. <laughs> I don't know if they're currently soliciting gripes, but um, yeah, still up in, in the world. 
that's um so okay that was I, I do have to ask though how did you draw that line between you know Squarespace yeah. and the gripes because the the site had not been made yet right the site had been made had been made. yes okay. so in a previous ad they had like introduced the site he made it using Squarespace and they'd like they they'd also featured other audience okay gripes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just so amazed by the length. I know it was a little over a minute, yeah. but just that you were able to squeeze so much in there because while I was listening to it, I was remembering what you were saying about having structure. And I heard all that information you packed in there and then yeah. you know, the intro with the product and then the, the meaty stuff. And then yeah. like, I think there was a special code you could get. Yep. Um, can you talk about how you were able to like, you know, work on this with your hosts? How do you do this? Yeah. So I, I didn't do it. Francis did it. Her name is Again, Frances Harlow. She's our deputy creative editor, and she um, so she has time each week with PJ and Alex. They think about what they're gonna do, what they're gonna talk about, and they go into the studio and they just kind of um, they kind of just wait, like they they just uh, they they just like have some banter. They talk about stuff. They throw ideas around, um, and then she went in and listened through the tape and like picked out this funny moment. Um, and then we wrote around it. So it's basically like, you know, she's producing them the way you might produce. Then usually those sessions can last anywhere between like 15, 20 minutes if they find some moment that they think is, is funny and good to like mm -hmm. an hour <laughs> if, if no one's feeling inspired that so day. So she was working with what they're, what, how they're, riff, they're riffing. Yes, they're riffing. So is the riffing, was that, I mean, that we heard, was that part scripted? That, or did she take that from the conversation they had? The riffing where, where um, Alex reads the gripe to PJ. Yeah. That part, like, we knew Alex was going to come prepared with some gripes to oh. read to PJ. Okay. Because he had been soliciting the reactions the were fresh. The, the, the maniacal laughter was, was fresh. <laughs> yes, that was not scripted. Yeah. So for folks, I know a lot of, in, uh, you know, we have a lot of indie producer and podcast makers here, and they don't have a, uh, a Francis... Um, yeah. It, how, I mean, is it, uh, what's the benefit of bouncing these ideas off of someone, you know, talking it out with somebody? Oh, like, um, if you're like, you're, you don't have a co-host, you're making your podcast by yourself. You're the host and the podcast, yeah. uh, the ad maker. Yeah. I mean, I think if you can get any, like, if you can, with anything you're making all by yourself, if you can get someone, uh, your friend, your sibling to just like listen to it and tell you one, if it makes sense two if they were bored, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and take their feedback. And um, I think that's super helpful. Yeah. Uh, you don't, I mean, it's, it's great to have, it's like amazing that we have the infrastructure that we have, but we, you know, we didn't always, like in the beginning, mm -hmm. these guys were just making these ads kind of on their own. So, um, do yeah. you think it's, um, it, it, the ad is more dynamic if you are talking to somebody or as opposed to just reading copy about the ad? I think it depends. I think if you can pull off like being in a studio and reading reading something about the ad or telling a person telling a story that's really engaging, that's fine and that's great. That can work. But if you have if you can pull someone in or think about like a a stunt you can do for the ad. I mean these these websites that Alex makes there it's basically a stunt, right? He's mm -hmm. just like using the product in a way that um, showcases what it does, but it's also just kind of funny and entertaining. So, um, like other, th we were talking backstage, like other things we do for a lot of food companies is we'll do like, we'll do like taste tests, like not of the meals or anything, but of the ingredients. And we'll mm -hmm. like, we'll draw, we'll bring random people in Gimlet in and make them taste <laughs> something and guess what it is, you uh -huh. know? Um, so if you can just think creatively about like what, 
what like stunty things can mm-hmm. you do? Yeah, I think that that's because I do. I think my ears do prick up when it's more when I am hearing like uh, you know they're in a test kitchen. I hear some sizzle of the, yeah. the steak or something. Just just something that doesn't sound like just you know just plain just old talking. Read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's let's look at a completely um, an ad from a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, you guys may also be familiar with Mogul. Um, it's a newer podcast, and it's uh, it's uh, about the life and death of Chris Lighty, hosted by Reggie Osei. And the the show's about the life and career of a, a very legendary New York um, hip hop producer. And um, he managed some of the biggest names in hip hop. Uh, we're talking about Missy Elliott, a tribe called Quest, LL Cool J. And um, you guys wanted to create a special ad for Mogul, and it, 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 I, it, you know, it, it's not a spoiler. It's a completely different sound from Reply All. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit, uh, to set this up for us. Yeah, so um, Mogul is, there's a lot of elements of, like, um, there's a lot of music in the show. There's a lot of, like, uh, there's a lot of, like, deep personal conversations in the show. Um, it's a great it's a it's a great show, but this is an ad um, for Bud Light. Bud Light came to us and they wanted um, they wanted ads that they basically wanted to be like next to conversations or aligned with conversations about friendship, and um, and they purchased the the whole mid roll spot in Mogul. So this ad that you're going to hear is two minutes long, mm. and so. Um, our producer Nicole Wong went to Reggie, and he was like, "Okay, let's. Who of your friends would you want to invite on and have a conversation with? And maybe we can cut that down and figure out um, how this would work for this for this ad campaign." So, okay, yeah, all right, let's let's take a listen. Okay, this episode of Mogul is brought to you by Bud Light. Let me just open up this can of uh, Bud Light. I think I'll join you. Yes, it's there you go. Long day at work. Why not? Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Recently, I caught up with my friend Jamila Lemieux. She's a writer and a culture critic. And we talked about everything from Rihanna's new boyfriend to her four-year-old daughter's obsession with the group New Edition. She knows their names. She oh knows trivia. She knows the bodyguard. And she's talking about Gerald Bubsy. And we had a New Edition-themed birthday party for her uh, fourth birthday party. Uh, 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 it, it, it's really something else. Jamila's the type of person, like, you can talk to her about anything, from, like, the ratchet to the fun to things that are pretty deep. And, you know, we got pretty real, and then I ended up telling her what I really appreciate most about our friendship. One of the things that I'm fascinated with, particularly with you and, and, and just a whole crew of um, black women feminists, is that just how you guys really continue to open up my perspective. And, you know, the popular uh, Kendrick song, Be Humble, where mm-hmm. I see a lot of my peers just rushing to, like, counter and just argue. It's just like, let me just be humble because I'm fascinated at looking at perspectives that make me realize my own sexist shortcomings. Mm-hmm. That is the thing about you that stands out for me, right? right. So you just kind of hear this like, I want to be the one who's the most not. I want to be the king or queen <laughs> of wokeness. Right. It's supposed to like, I want to listen, I want to learn. And I think that's important, you know, but these are things I think about and right. these are things I care about. Right. I wish that more people were willing to do that work because it's uncomfortable. Right. You know, it, it is uncomfortable. Yes. These days, friends are the people you just want to kick back and talk to, who keep you on your toes, and who you appreciate for making you think about things you never thought about before. It just just, just makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bud Light. Famous among friends. Enjoy responsibly. Wow. 
I know. I feel so pr- <laughs> like I, um, I feel so proud that that's a Bud Light ad, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and Nicole Wong who produced that ad. Like she, they're all really great. She also just produced a, a series for Kohan that features all the women at Gimlet, and um, and it's just like it's. We, we get to do cool things like that in our ad spots. Yeah, I don't think I've heard an ad like that before where it sounds like a very organic conversation. And it sounds like a conversation between friends. And so I know at the beginning and at the end, um, Asi, the, the host, does yeah. like, you know, mention Bud Light. But what kind of instructions did you guys give Jamila, the, the writer? I don't think, so Nicole, um, she came in and Nicole had them talk for like 30 to 40 minutes and I think Jamila knew that it was going to be um, about friendship, about her friendship with Reggie, about like they're both, you know, in the media, they're both about their, their work, their work relationship and that, that, was, that was kind of it and I think she, um, Nicole prepped Reggie um, with questions to ask sort of like you would when you're producing a host. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she cut that down, and um, I edited it, and um, and yeah, that's where we. So Jamila didn't have to worry about the Bud Light. We d- we did not pay her. No, we don't pay for people to appear in our ads. Mm-hmm. And had she been in any of the episodes, or was nope. okay? She, no. So she's just friend of Reggie. Yeah, she's just F-O-R. Reggie's friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and so it sounds very natural, but uh, obviously you needed to um, hit on all your points. So how did you structure this? So, um, so I think we like it starts out. You hear the beer can opening. You you hear that Bud Light is. Um, is is kind of sponsoring this conversation. This isn't about necessarily like selling a can of Bud Light. It's about just like having them. That's the difference for us, right? Between a brand advertiser and a direct response advertiser. Mm. Um, a brand advertiser is there because they are they are trying to get a, a, a message across about their brand. They're not trying to like sell a thing mm-hmm. necessarily in that spot. So. Um, so the beginning is just like, you know, it's from Bud Light. You hear Jamila come on. You hear Reggie introduce her. You kind of understand why she's there. Um, and, then, um, and then the middle is, I think, where they're talking about, like, Reggie's um, feminist shortcomings mm-hmm. and, and what he relies on Jamila for. And then it just kind of ends with them continuing to have their conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I think about Bud Light, I think about how they, I, I, they, they have, I don't know if they have their in-house advertising arm, but they're known for their like Super Bowl ads. I don't know if I'm confusing them with Miller, but do they have the Clyde's, Clydesdales or? That's, that's, Bud, that, that's Budweiser. Budweiser. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I would think that these guys or th- this company has a real idea on their head what they want. I mean, yeah. how much um, creative license or how much uh, editorial uh, control were they given um, in this ad making process? They, you know, they came to us with like their goal, like they that famous among friends thing. That's theirs. That's from them, and that's what they wanted. But after that, they were um, they were really willing to let us feature the part of the conversation that we wanted to feature. They didn't really. They trusted our judgment in terms of what works when it comes to audio or podcasting, which is really nice. So, so we're, I mean, I, I, you guys have also been in this space for a while. So people, I mean, you have a lot, uh, you're proven quantity, like people know what you can do, quality mm-hmm. ads, but 
I mean, up until this point, or even like in your earlier days, did you have to, you know, was there some a lot of give and take with the um, advertisers? Yeah, it totally depends on, it just depends, it's like advertiser to advertiser. Um, and I think that some of them, yeah, some of them have a really strong point of view and they want very specific language and, and, and they want you to hit on very specific things. And I think the way that I, the way that I've come to think about it is, um, it is our role to explain to them why we're making certain decisions or we want to make certain decisions, like why we think it's better for the listener and then by, by extension them. Um, and just be really honest about that with them. And if, and if they ultimately decide that that's not what they want to do, then, then we, we do what they want to do. You know, it's their advertisements. But mm -hmm. it's kind of it's shocking to me, having come from the editorial side, um, how often that works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like how often if you explain to them why you're doing what you're doing or um, why you can't do something that they want to do, um, how often it actually is like a, a collaborative conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's been mostly good. Has, have there been any instances, though, where there's been mutual agreement that, no, this is not going to work out um, because we just have different visions? Yeah. You like after, I mean... Um, yeah, lots of times. I'm well, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I mean, we, we're pitching all the time, right? Like, we're pitching all the time to companies that decide not to go with us for one reason or another. Mm. Um, I mean, we, we, you know, chronicled one on startup where the, like, where the Department of Defense wanted us to make a branded podcast series for them, and, and we, um, we said no because we just felt like it, it just didn't, it didn't feel right to us at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so... I think uh, it, it just, it, yeah, I mean, usually it is like something that is way more collaborative than I thought it would be. And then sometimes you like lose those battles and you put in a line that you, you wouldn't have put in otherwise. Um, and I think that's okay. Like it is, it is also like trying to really understand where the advertiser is coming from when they say they want something like they have a reason to mm -hmm. <laughs> and um and um yeah so it's a it's a learning process and a trust process so is this what um podcasters can expect is that they should be, are they going to be the ones out there soliciting for ads or do ever i mean um i guess the you know p uh, companies that want branded branded content will mm -hmm. also come to you but um what what is the the split mostly like now? the sales side of it yeah. like will they be so we at Gimlet we have like an incredible sales team who does a lot of this work for us before we are working with someone at Gimlet Creative our sales team is talking about what we do and like how we approach ads and so um, that is super helpful like they're they're saying things like our hosts don't we don't sell endorsements like they're they're educating the advertiser mm. um, and that really helps and I think if you're doing this yourself. Um, it's really important to, to know what you're comfortable doing and what you want to do and don't want to do and, and being clear with advertisers about that, about that yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it, doing it yourself like you were just a couple years ago, do you, um, for the folks who are on, uh, going at it by themselves, how do they know who to go to? Should they go to the usual suspects that you always hear, like Squarespace and Blue Apron? Yeah. Um, or should they try to find unconventional, go to unconventional places for that? I mean, I was just, ta I was just talking about this with somebody at work at who has, a, who has like a movie review podcast based in Missoula, Montana. And it's like they go, she and her husband like go to this one theater in Missoula 
um, and they watch movies and then they review them. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not, I, I am bad at sales. <laughs> so I'm, uh, but I, I was, we were, I, we were talking um, with, with someone else here and we were thinking like, it would be cool if, well, maybe that, maybe that movie theater would sponsor some of your episodes, you know, or like a, or like a season or something. Um, I think it's great to try to figure out like where you are in the world, if there are sponsors around you that, that might be interested. Um, and then, um, and then beyond that, I think it becomes about like listenership and numbers and, and that sort that sort of thing. If you, if you want to start to push towards like the, the advertisers who are in the podcasting space. Um, we're running low on time, but I want to make sure that you guys get to pose some questions to Nazanin. So um, why don't we go ahead and um, start uh, uh, getting, if you'd like to ask some questions, to please come up to the mic and um, just tell us who you are and where you're from. And um, yeah, go ahead. Start off with you. Hey. Hello. Hello. Can you hear? I don't think you're on the mic, but I can hear you. But I can hear you. We, try we, we can repeat Test? your Test? question, too, in the meantime. Test? Is, oh, try okay. that one over there. Okay. Test. Hello. Why are oh. they both off? Are they both off? Hello, hello, hello. Okay. Well, I just say, say your question, okay. and we'll repeat it. Sorry. We'll repeat your question. Okay. And Hi. From Canada. Yeah. Um, and so I have a, I'm a freelance podcaster, mm -hmm. keen interest in branded podcasts. Uh huh. And so just curious about Gimlet and actually creating full up shows that are branded. Yeah. Um, expansion rate versus the creative like original podcasts. Like, how would that racial uh-huh. And, um, and also, like, are you pitching concepts for branded podcasts externally, or are you waiting for them? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Expansion rate versus creative. Tell me, tell me what you mean by that. By the branded podcast versus the original podcast. Ver versus, like, the Gimlet podcast? Yeah. Okay, so the question is, like, how many branded podcasts do you have versus how many, like, Gimlet editorial questions, uh, podcasts do you guys have? And um, the second question was, do you proactively pitch out branded podcasts, or do they all do they all come to you, or are we waiting for them to come yeah. to you? So the first the first uh, answer is like I think up to now we've done seven branded podcast series. Um, we have three in production right now. Um, one just debuted today. It's for Blue Apron, mm -hmm. um, and and uh, on the Gimlet side we have something like man. 13 shows, 12 or 13 shows. But the, the difference between the branded side and the Gimlet side is that on the branded side, like, we sell these for a limit. They run for a limited time, right? And then we, we see if there's a second season in the works, if there's some way to continue it. But, um, but that's the answer to the first question. And then the second question, we do both. Um, we've found that we've had a lot of success with... with um, podcast fans or Gimlet fans coming to us and wanting a branded series and now we're um, but now we are pitching them a lot more often and like proactively going out and pitching them and like do you feel like the branded side will ever equal out the creative the side? creative side oh man I mean the the editorial side Did you guys hear that question she said she said will the branded side of Gimlet will Gimlet creative which is the branded side of Gimlet ever uh, be the same size as the editorial side I I don't I don't know um, we are growing very quickly um, and I you know I, I'm not sure I kind of just I feel like it just depends on what happens next year what happens the year and after but I I, I don't know okay yeah. thank you thank you Hi, uh, I'm also from Canada. Um, oh, <laughs> my name's Sarah. Uh, my question is, if you would suggest um, 
structuring ads for your own show, like how you've detailed how to structure the ads for advertisers? Oh, like when you're, if you are making an ad, as an advertisement for your own show. Yeah, would you yeah. suggest structuring it the same way or would you yeah. want to make it a bit more personal or something? Like, is, your, is this advertisement going to be airing on someone else's show? Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it would be like, I'm advertising my show on elsewhere. someone else's show. But with a, but a different host, not you, is going to be reading this, this advertisement about your show. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, I think trying to, like, know or get in the headspace of um, that show and, like, how that host talks to that audience, because that's what you're getting in front of, right? Like, that relationship between that, that host and their audience talking about your show. And so I think um, trying to make sure that the way they're talking about your show gets across the great things about your show, but feels like part of the universe of that show. <laughs> um, that's what I would, that's what I would, would recommend doing. Would you recommend like oh. out of house, uh, advertise like uh, production of the ad? Like I produce it and then they just air that. I would recommend you telling them what is really important to you to get across. And le- I mean, I don't know what show this is, but letting them, script it and figure out the best way to talk to their audience. Okay, thank you. We only have time for one more question. I'm sorry for these other, other ladies back there, but please go ahead. Hey, um, I'm Elizabeth Schneider. My podcast is Wine for Normal People. And, um, wine for Normal People? That is wine correct. I'm a sommelier, okay. and my podcast is an education, wine education-focused podcast. So mm-hmm. I have sponsors, yeah. and they have gone bananas on me if I've tried to do like anything creative. Uh-huh. They, but they're paying for one minute also. Mm-hmm. So they give me this long read to do. Right. I have definitely gone through and edited out like oh my gosh that's you know this is extraneous but now I'm down to just doing this very I feel like I listen to like the Michael Smirconish program on satellite radio I feel like I'm reading about like you know whatever the software that he has is it's not very interesting okay but I only take sponsors that I feel my audience would like so I reject sponsors because I feel like they have to be a good fit right but it's like I have tried before, and the agency that represents mm-hmm. the particular sponsor that I have, and they just signed on for another year, which is awesome, uh-huh. is like, they're like, just do it. And, but okay. I like what you're saying, because I, I love my audience. I don't want them to be like, man, this sucks. And some uh-huh. of the stuff that I'm offering is cool. Like, I think it would be cool. So how do I work through that? Because first of all, the read is too long. Right. And second of all, they're not really letting me put any, infuse any personality into it. My whole podcast is like... Wine for normal people. It's pretty personality filled. So, like, what do you do then? How do you work with that? Um, Well, okay. So, one question: like, when you say you you're you're trying to like pitch these ideas to them for how to make it more more creative, and they're saying no, are you pitching them ideas, or are you sending them something they can listen to, where they can like actually hear what you're talking about? Well, we don't record it separately. So, when I'm recording the podcast, I just do it as part of the podcast. It's not separate. The yeah. pod, I mean, I'm an indie podcaster. I do everything myself. Right. So the, the issue is that like the first time that I did it, they yeah. were like, they had this thing. And then there was this little portion that said banter between my husband's, my co-host uh-huh. banter between Elizabeth and her co-host. So we tried it and they were like, Nope, sorry, just get back to the data points. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but that's so annoying mm-hmm. because yeah. the podcast is 
me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, but so do you think maybe, maybe that actually, maybe what you're, you just give me an idea. Maybe I should try to record a few ideas for that. Yeah, that's, is I that would what do you're that. Saying? If you, if you really believe that this is something you want to try, I mean, I like the sponsor. I just yeah. feel like we could sauce it up a little well, bit. Yeah. You know I, I mean? like if you, just a couple other things though. Like if you like the sponsor and they are finding success with advertising on your show and the problem is that the ads you find the ads boring um that's okay like they're like if your listeners are maybe not finding them as boring as you are if the sponsor is like if they're responding to the ads I guess that's true you know by doing the things that you're asking you know that the advertiser wants them to do so that's one thing but if you do really want to like make your ads better I think um Realizing that like this agency doesn't really probably doesn't get what you're talking about until they hear it. So like yeah, make them a couple rough cuts of your idea. They can send it to the. They can send it to their client because they're the middleman between you. Well, and and then I have someone that does sales for me. So there's like four people. Yeah, many levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to make it easy for them to get their client excited about okay. it. Okay. So just kind of think through it and then make something yeah. and then say, how about this? Yeah. Yeah. So then yeah. when they give me the copy. And okay. then what about shortening it? Oh, we only have a couple okay, more sorry. minutes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> sorry. But maybe you guys can <laughs> catch up. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, right. I mean, obviously we have so many more things we want to talk about with you, but I did, re- you know, one of the um, folks who asked a question about like just the growth of branded content, mm-hmm. I, I just want to mention two years ago, it was just you. Just me. Tell folks how many folks, uh, how many people are with you um, now. Yeah, the, now we have a team of uh, eight. F- it's eight of us full time at Gimlet Creative, and then we have um, a sales marketing team that's four people, and then we have a sales team that's five people. So um, it has we've grown a lot, and it's a it's a team of um, men and women, but mostly women, and um, it's just been super rewarding. Like everything I'm talking about has been an iterative process with these other members of the team. It's nothing I made up on my own. It's all us working together and building the team together. So you've been on a real journey these past two years. What do you wish you knew then that you know now? Yeah. Um, I know. I, I saw this question. I was like, everything. <laughs> I didn't know anything. You were coming to this cold, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I think one, one big thing is just like, um, and I think it's, it's coming up in this question, like embrace the clients. Like over communicate with them, like try to understand where they're coming from, their motivations, like try to empathize with them. I think initially, like I was really, I was scared of them. I didn't know how to talk to them. I thought it was better if you like ran away in a corner and made the thing and then turned it over to them. Um, But the more collaborative it is and the more you understand them, um, the better, the more you communicate, just like get them to talk about their feelings embrace them maybe even <laughs> yeah. hug them at the end of all of this I right? know you don't actually you don't have to hug them <laughs> but um doesn't hurt so we want to let's give a hand to Nazani for this you. awesome session thank you That was Nazanin Rafsanjani and Josie Huang speaking at the 2017 Work It Festival. Both the festival and the podcast are produced by WNYC Studios and are made possible by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with additional support from the Annenberg Foundation. Event sponsors include Cole Hahn, Mac Cosmetics, and thirdlove.com. Thank you.